0: now, for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing,
1: and digital content news. This Old Marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose. And welcome to episode number 378 of This Old Marketing for Friday, June 2nd, 2023. And with me, as always, as he always is, my pal, my colleague, and a guy who's definitely doesn't have a debt ceiling, Mr. Joe Polizzi. get in here, Joe. There he is. Yay! Hey, is it done? <laughs> is the debt ceiling issue? Well, analyzed? as we as we record this, the House has passed it, um, and it goes on to the Senate. Which there's, I can't imagine that there will be any problems in the Senate. So oh, no, I, yeah I, there's never problems in the Senate. I'm sure no, well I'm sure it's but, gonna be fine. You know, yeah yeah I mean I think'll <laughs> I think it'll be fine.
0: I, I did not realize that we are the only country in the world that has this thing that actually
1: has a thing like you need approval to pay your bills. I
0: didn't it, know that you know what's all. so it's so crazy
1: is I, and there was a fascinating uh, the best primer I've heard on this whole thing uh, came out of NPR. Um, and, uh, you know, the guy, uh, Kai Rizdahl show, okay. um, money matters, I think it's called. And, and he, he basically had on all of the people from the head of the U S mint to, uh, treasury, you know, former treasury, uh, personnel and all of that. And they explained it. And it was the best explanation I've heard so far, because they talked about how it's not even really, it's not even really debt right it's not you know what we're talking about here is because we're not borrowing from somebody there's no it's not like we're borrowing from a bank or we're actually it's it's permission to print money basically yeah, it's it's, it's permission,
0: permission to to add another
1: a line to the ledger is basically yeah, what it does that's right correct and and add a you know and literally they talked about this a trillion dollar coin right they they would make a coin the mint would actually make a and they actually do this apparently they actually make a coin and there's been all sorts of brainstorming and fun sort of, you know, ideation over what it should be, like what a 1 trillion dollar coin would look like and be physically. And because what they used to do is plin- print up, you know, platinum coins, right? You know, that would that would equate to the debt ceiling, but now as we get into sort of, you know, bumping it up by a trillion or 2 trillion dollars, you've have you have to come up with sort of more imaginative ways to make a coin that is actually worth that like much. uh maybe chocolate yeah well they actually talked about making a giant paper mache you <laughs> might as
0: you might as well right because it's all make believe right. that right. that's it's, exactly it it's so silly the whole thing because they literally can go to this ledger but coins are not and say oh plus one trillion minus one trillion take a that's little right. bit off oh we want to give more for tax cuts we want to go send checks out oh let's just add a little bit more and add to it
1: that's it. That's all it is. They're just, they're just getting permission to the, you know, basically, and they don't really even need with the 14th amendment. They don't really even need permission, right? You could, they, you know, there was a lot of talk this time about invoking the 14th amendment, which is ostensibly when the founding fathers went, yeah, this shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> you know, this should not yeah. this is not going to be a problem. We should just do this. Right. And it's only been within the last, I think they were talking about, uh, 40 years or so, 40 or 50 years that it's become like a thing that, that everybody starts to debate. It's sort of, you know, it's everybody trying to renegotiate whatever budget was passed the previous year. And it's like, yeah, that's not the way things work. Right. And it's just, it, it, it's just craziness. It's just this our government silliness at work. It's so, so, I read, I read an article in the New York times about it
0: today and how Biden had to you know, got some things and, of course, had to, had to get sure. other things up. But the one thing that both parties are totally in, in lockstep about is making sure we don't lower defense spending. Which, and uh, and if, if there's one yeah. thing that really needs to be cut, it's defense. I mean, it is right. the highest line by far about our spending. It's not even close. Right. Yeah. Can't it's not even. It, I mean, yeah. here, so here's the thing. Don't you think you get in a room with some people and say, you know what, we probably can cut a little bit there. It's forty some percent of our budget. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's where we should cut. I don't know. I'm not. It's well, not no. It's, I mean, it's a great point. I'm I mean, even just saying, saying, that's where you would go first for any right. business. For any business, even the just, first thing you do is say, "What is our largest line of which is the largest expense? Exactly, the largest expense. And maybe we look there first. And because you ask the question, why is it so large? Right. Well, that, I think yeah. did that. Is anybody asking? I don't know. I'm like. It's well. I mean, just pre- as I you mean, can tell, look, I'm all flushed. For a minute. I'm red in the face. Yeah, I, this is. I told you before the show, I look like I've been under mm. a heat lamp for days. Yeah. I don't know what's yeah. going on. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to sweat now. This is. This oh no. Is really getting to uh, me. Personally. I mean, on another note, here's the yeah. most important thing of the week.
1: Yeah. Did yes. you watch the season finale for Ted Lasso? No. And shut up! I don't want any spoilers. It's tonight. What? I'm watching it tonight. Yeah. I have not seen the season finale <laughs> of Succession nor have i seen the season finale of ted lasso yet i we got to the last episode then wow. i had a client dinner last night and couldn't watch it and so and we've i promised my wife my wife is you put clients ahead of ted lasso that's despicable
0: yeah have, well what have, are you going to do do you right. have any so more yeah
1: i didn't yeah. get home till late so we couldn't we couldn't watch it last night but tonight is the night we're going to watch it right. but i've i've heard i've heard they stick i've heard because i don't know this way but uh, this season has been okay, right? Of the three seasons, this one was sort of just okay. But as the season progressed, it got better and better and better. And the last episode, uh, which is, of course, the the, the penultimate, as it were, um, yeah. we, we I loved it. I, I loved the way it ended. I loved the way – and I was like, oh, I'm so excited for that. So, and I've heard that it, they stick the landing. So um, I'm curious. They brought it – yeah, they they
0: brought it together. I, I've watched it twice uh so just to see what i missed in the other one so I, it's, it's funny i was just yeah. i was just on another event right before this one and the event took place in the uk and i was asking them how big of a deal is ted lasso mm. and one said not big at all no big and the other one said oh my god it's crazy. so I, was, <laughs> I got total mis- mixed messaging yeah about how yeah. big it i've is. heard and that i've heard the form here yeah, I've you'll, heard you'll the hear former.
1: It. I've heard that 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 the in the UK it's not that it's not a big deal. It that, like it's not. They can They don't really understand it. But that's. Yeah, I have to say, and to all my British friends, I apologize in advance for this comment. But I've my mother and and my whole side oh. of the family's from there, so I can come to it honestly. Okay, that a lot of that is the very dark and cynical way of British humor, and so that sort of a show about that is infinitely positive and infinitely sort of non-cynical, um, pr- I can see why that wouldn't work there. Maybe. I mean, if you look, even if, even if you look at sort of the, the, the British version of The Office versus the American version of The Office. It's cringy. Can I can't see even... The the difference other, in humor. It's too cringy. It's too... Yeah, it's way it, too cringy and dark. Yeah, it's way too cringy and dark for me.
0: I, I you know, just if if Ted Lasso was a content marketing effort for... The sport of soccer, football, soccer, uh, yeah, growing in the United States. I think that you could show, and you'll be able to, if you look back on this, that starting with Ted Lasso, that the interest in football has grown immensely, and will kick off a point I think in the next. And it's it has been growing, but I think this is this is really something that's going to boost to a new new plateau. Uh, I I've, I know so many more people in the United States that are talking about. The Premier League and what's going on with oh, football sure. in that country, because of Ted Lasso, and understanding yeah. who those teams are, and you know, it's West Ham, it has Arsenal, to have been a Manchester City for soccer. Yeah. yeah, it's it's incredible, and I'm one of them because I'm for sure. I, mean, I was sort of following Arsenal in 2017, eighteen, but now I actually know what offsides is. Like I, 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 can, I can actually, you could see <laughs> the game coming together. It takes a long time. You got to really want it too and you i know you're a big national football you're a big nfl fan and i am too and i'm probably still more of an nfl fan but it's quickly gone into probably my second favorite thing to watch would be nfl and then premier league football is probably number two and it
1: used to be baseball but i yeah well i mean yeah get on a rant about baseball, where oh, baseball is these days. I'm more
0: yeah. into baseball. I'm more into baseball this year because my son works for the Cleveland Guardians. Oh, right. Of course, team. yes. Yeah, So we're so sort of good. sharing it together. There was a 20 year right. period where none of my kids were inter- interested in my first love and that was always Major League Baseball. <laughs> and now as they, <laughs> now right. it finally happened. So it just, right. sometimes right. you don't get what you want as a, as a parent until you much You
1: can't always get get what you want
0: so anyways uh we have a show do we yes we do have a did show you, we have a lovely did show. you prepare a show we have, this week
1: right i did prepare a show for us this week to talk about and have wonderful things um and we're gonna start with well is it our extinction moment right uh, so it, it felt like the podcast was a great time to talk about uh, human extinction especially sure. as we talk about the debt ceiling so yes there's a new uh, a new policy out, I guess you could say, signed by another group of AI experts who says we may be on the cusp or the precipice, as it were, of destroying humanity, then we'll also talk about how, however, it might just save AI, that is, save advertising, and how WPP and NVIDIA, um, and by the way, if you didn't add NVIDIA to your stock portfolio over the last couple of weeks, shame on you, because- Somebody I know did. Somebody I know had nvidia uh-huh. as their stock pick
0: it of it saved year. my
1: portfolio i will tell you that yeah oh
0: my god i don't know how you can't uh-huh. that one because usually you don't yeah. pick very well so i was I'm surprised true. i'm not a great <laughs> stock picker <laughs> you really got that you got that one correct
1: yeah okay. I, I did nail that one you were you were um, going through the agenda yeah <laughs> Exactly. Then we'll talk about Twitter. Of course, we will talk about Twitter. Don't know that it's really a musky scent sort of segment, but we will talk about Twitter and how it has withdrawn uh, from the European Union's practice on disinformation and what that might mean, as well as the fact that it looks like they're now kind of outsourcing or at least trying to outsource their ad sales into an online marketplace and shocking absolutely nobody the revenue seems to have fallen to a third of what it was as Fidelity starts to mark down their investment. That is just just crazy. Um, And then um, we'll end up if we've got time to talk a little bit about purpose driven marketing and where it sits as we enter pride month and all of the wonderful things that happened during June here. Uh, and talk about where we stand with this the wall street journal has an interesting take on what's going on with target and with bud light and a number of other brands and where we might be kind of stuck in the middle then we'll get to our rants and rave sections of course where joe will talk a little bit about formula not formula one it's the uh, indianapolis 500 same diff oh not so much oh, oh my you I, I just, I just do pissed that. off every racing fan out there it's the indianapolis 500 and perhaps the winner <laughs> of that and how they did something a little different. And then of course I will take over with my commentary and I'm going to talk a little bit about Peloton and they've just relaunched their new brand. And I'll let you guess. It's just a tease about what I'm going to say about Peloton. Is it all time. also on your stock picking list? Peloton? No, no. Other than you maybe kind of no, went the other direction yeah. with that. one. I don't want to spoil it too much about what, where, where, where I am on Peloton, okay. but uh, I'll yeah, let's just say wait. that they're not to wait the 45 minutes for your, yeah. for your yeah. statement on that. All right. That's right. Good. That's awesome. Right. All right. Well, let's get to the show then, shall we? And let's talk a little bit about, well, how the A.I. could destroy humanity, uh, says A.I.'s creators. Um, and, you know, it's a fascinating thing when we start looking at this. This comes to us courtesy of the Morning Brew. And basically it opens up by saying, well, tell the world A.I. may cause human civilization to collapse without going over Twitter's character limit. That's a gr- I love that opening. That's just such a great lead in. That's what a bunch of celebrity AI experts did when they signed a 22-word statement warning about the existential risks of the technology that was published by the Nonprofit Center for AI Safety yesterday. Those 22 ominous words, mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal-scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war. All right. Fantastic. Uh, Yeah. uh, That's it? That's all they they said? That's that's the statement in its entirety. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Um, Many of the signatories comparing AI to the A-bomb uh, are the uh, same folks who were foundational in creating the tech. Sam Altman, the founder of OpenAI, uh, Google DeepMind CEO Demis Hassab- Hassabis, Hassabis uh, as well as superstar AI researcher Jeffrey Hinton and Stuart Russell were among the big names who endorsed the message. Uh, I didn't see Elon's name on there, which is fascinating. But anyway, uh, the article goes on to talk about that intelligent machines could supercharge progress in virtually all human endeavors, from drug discovery to space exploration, some experts, however, worry that they might also cause humans to go the way of the Hartford whalers. Wow. I love this writer. I, th- this is fantastic. Um, <laughs> <The Hartford. laughs> but the, I mean, that is just that it's is obscure. obscure that yes. is obscure yeah. right there. That is just awesome obscurity. Um, anyway, the article goes on to talk a little bit, not for very much longer about what those risks may actually be. So what, what what is your take on this, my friend? What what do you think? Are we are we on the cusp of uh, killing ourselves like the dinosaurs?
0: Well, dinosaurs good reference, because when I read this, I thought of, OK, it's it's like the creators of Jurassic Park complaining that Jurassic Park was developed in the first place and warning everybody about it. I go, why? Why does that always have to be the case? Oh, OK, well, hey, all, we created all this stuff. Now, watch out. Be careful. Right. Um, right. I don't know. It seems seems a little bit silly to me. My so my take on that. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of this warning. Uh, with these warnings go on, my, my take is this I wanted to get your opinion. I think that you're, you're going to see this big bubble up of everybody warning about this stuff, but then it's going to be ignored for a while, kind of like the climate issue. And we're going to back shelf this thing, we're just going to let it fester and back shelf it until about 20 years, where we'll all be dead basically. Uh, because yeah. of it, I, I think that's yeah. where. <laughs> That's what I think is going to happen. It's like, oh, nothing. It's fine. Everything's fine. Deep fakes, all this stuff. We're going to see a ton in the election process happen. It's going to be a little bit scary. You're going to just get more and more um, questioning about what truth is because nobody's going to know. Right. Uh, and then and then all of a sudden we're going to be like, oh, uh, what is reality? And we, we can't put it back. I don't know if you can put it back into, into the bottle at this point can you oh can, you certainly
1: can't yeah there's there, there's you're not putting done. This genie back in the bottle for sure yeah well, i mean it, i
0: think well, I, was so, gonna, I was gonna say and then i want to get your take it said um something about sh- what's the part in this article where they talk about the shared values uh something about oh here it is these researchers this is from the article you just read these yeah. researchers are concerned about a future in which an ai that outperforms humans in various domains but doesn't share their values is prone to catastrophic inf- accidents or misuse. I don't know if the values of AI are gonna gonna be any worse
1: than human. They're they're precisely the values of the humans that create it, right? I mean, so you can either uh, and I've I've read some fascinating uh, articles on this. I've I've been going down a rabbit hole with all the AI safety and listening, and I read the 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 one of the. Signers of this thing, uh, Elizier. I forget his. I always forget his last name. Elizier. Basically, Elizier Yudkowski. I've read his book. I've read multiples of his books, and he's the one that's really out there doing lots of interviews and podcasts and talking about, I mean, he, he's the one who literally said this was an extinction event. Like this is, and, and, and basically said it was inevitable, right? That it was inevitable that we were going to do this. And so I've, I've read all those and and listened to all those. And what seems to be the concern is that if we reach a point of AGI, which is artificial general intelligence, where this is like, you know, light years beyond, you know, cop chat GPT and what we've got today, but true artificial intelligence where, you've got go there are you know where you've got ai that has goals that may not match you know their their method of achieving those goals may not match the values that we actually imbue in it in other words and this is the classic paperclip problem right where you tell it to go make it a world full of paperclips and they may and the ai make make a decision that says huh the way i make a world full of paperclips is to kill all the humans right because basically to, to because they're just in the way and so I, I listened to that and yeah, I go, it's okay, war games. that's, that's basically yeah, war. Right. Games. It's, it's war games. It's, it's exactly it. It's like,
0: I don't I want exactly a world it. without war. So we're going to get rid of all the human beings and war will be cease
1: to exist. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, and, you know, the, it, it, and it's such a great analogy too, because that's exactly what it is. Because if, if, for anybody who saw the movie, the, the, as the AI is going crazy, the general like yells at the, you know, the, the creator of the AI and says, why don't you just unplug the machine? And the creator says, well, that the machine would actually uh, read unplugging it as an act of war. And therefore it would launch all the missiles. Right. So it's those it's, so that's the fear, right. Yeah. is something that could spread and or uh, become ubiquitous to such an extent that it's, it's, you know, it's like that movie, Lucy, right. Where her, 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 her ability to sort of control all electronics becomes because everything's networked together. And so you can't, there's no single point of failure there. So you can't just unplug it. So it's, I hear that. And I, and I, and I, I think it's a valid concern. And I, but I read this kind of statement and again, it comes back to, we talked about this when that other letter came out. I think the, the communication here isn't, isn't productive in, in my mind, right? The, the idea of putting in fear and giving it, th- you know, and, and, and couching it in this way of a fearful message is ultimate. I know their intent, their intent is to sure. get somebody to do something about it, right? Get governments to create something, get NATO to create something, get world governments to actually pay attention to do something here. Cause they want to be regulated, right? They're, these, these are, earnest people wanting to be regulated and have this technology not end up in dark people's hands. And, and so I, I, but I, I worry about the, the communication here because this, it had, to your point, it didn't work with climate change and hasn't worked with climate change. And so we didn't, we haven't learned yet, right. That it's not, you know, talking about world destruction in this way, doesn't motivate people it just doesn't motivate people to to act so what they all so, okay. say, so what should is, they what you know, should they is is have done hyperbole. what should they have done i think they need to 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 put in the so we talked about this again a, a little bit when the letter came out i think they should actually take action right in other words start acting in other words bring in build in the davos like event where they go and they put out Not just a 22-word statement, but actually a code of ethics and you know, not unlike – it's so funny because I was just reading about the – do you remember the hole in the ozone um, that we used to talk about in the 80s and 90s and now is gone and nobody talks about? Well, what we don't talk about was the scientists got together, they created, there was the Montreal Accords, and basically everybody went, yes, CFCs are not good. Let's stop doing that. They dropped by 99%, and thus we saved the hole in the ozone. It, a similar thing needs to happen here where these scientists AI experts need to they need to take action like get out in front of this they need to be the ones to get out in front of this and actually take action and 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 get government involved cuz government's not going to lead this i just don't think they at least our government is not going to lead this so actually coming not not just issuing 22 word tweets but actually taking action and building an event and actually issuing things like Ethics and codes and, you know, all those kinds of things would be that that would be the uh, ideal in my mind.
0: That's uh, that sounds difficult. That sounds more difficult than 22 words. I think that's totally 22 words. That's was, exactly right. You can just it put out your mission more statement and it sounds like right.
1: somebody has to pay for it. And it sounds like it's going to be, you know, there, there's going to be uh, money involved and there's going to be. Yeah, effort, I'm under
0: you know, the assumption that, that there was a conversation that was had that says, hey, l- let's uh, let's put this out into the world and see what happens. And not do anything more and not necessarily direct. Yeah. Right. I mean, that happens a lot in businesses. Look at your corporations. So, so, I mean, I've been in, in a couple of companies where they said, here's the big, hairy, audacious goal. Here's what we now all of you departments, you figure out what that means for you. Uh, there's some there's some belief that that's the better way to go. I yeah. don't know if they're necessarily giving direction to do that, but that's how I read it. It's like, okay, we're putting this out there. We're concerned. Now there's a thousand smart, really smart organizations right now that can take that and do something with it. Like our friend, yeah. Paul Razer has the Marketing AI Conference and Marketing AI Institute and really taking this. And, and Paul and his team are doing a really good job of trying to bring some clarity uh, with the marketing. Totally. Function, specifically with this. So maybe Absolutely. if more people do that, maybe we've got
1: something. You know, so. and I could see someone, you know, so I, and I understand the concern, the immediate concern from private industry is that the world or the audience or consumers or whoever we're talking about here, will see that as, you know, through a cynical lens and see that, ah, these business leaders are getting together and issuing these things because it's in their self-interest to do so. And it's like, that's kind of got to be the risk, right? I, I just, I believe that that has to be an acceptable risk that, they may not, you know, I mean, what's the classic Batman, right? You know, you're, you stay around long enough and you, you'll, you know, a, a hero stays around long enough to become the villain or whatever it is. I think they have to be willing to be seen through that eye and risk their perception in the marketplace in order to get people to act responsibly. Because I think that's the, that's, that's going to be the real key here. And maybe it is going to take somebody like, you know, Paul and marketing AI to sort of start issuing proactively, not just covering it, but actually starting to say, Hey, we're helping to direct this as well.
0: I think that's what has to happen. We have yeah. a, a call to arms uh, for each particular industry.
1: And yeah, I think that that's and, right. And, and
0: you're, and you're seeing that, and you're seeing that. So maybe this will be a good thing.
1: So, yeah. All right. Well, and it segues nicely into our, into a story that because here's the other end of that barbell, which of course is, what we're seeing in advertising, right? And just announced uh, this week was WPP, the giant holding company, of course, of of advertising agencies. Um, And they announced that they're building an AI-fueled, what they called anyway, an AI-fueled content engine with NVIDIA, this uh, also coming to us courtesy of Marketing Brew, and the article opens up by saying WPP is breaking further into the AI game. The holding company inked a partnership with chipmaker Nvidia to build a "quote unquote" content engine that can leverage AI for clients by churning out large volume of ads because everybody needs that, right? We, we didn't, need that. we
0: need more ads. That's that's why ads. That's why AI hey, was created. For,
1: for The, the engine, which will employ NVIDIA's Omniverse ad. cloud technology, connects various 3D tools, and it'll be able to use content from companies like Getty Images and Adobe. According to the Financial Times, it will let WPP use AI to create minutes in minutes campaigns that would have previously taken weeks. Uh, for instance... A car could be placed in a desert or rainy street with the car adapting to its surroundings, glistening wet or reflecting glare in processes that would have taken days using a traditional green screen or real life filming said the financial times. So (laughs) the article goes on to basically talk about how publicist has also done this. uh, Stagwell uh, has also done this and a number of agencies are certainly looking at this. Um, This to me is, I, I would love to get your take on this, what you think from a, from a, certainly from a media company or publisher's perspective, but I will tell you from a marketing pr- and an agency perspective, this is a whole big bucket of nothing. I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, I, I just don't even, I mean, the fact that they actually got like, you know, wow, this is like a big thing. Like, really, really, really? Well, maybe we, maybe we shouldn't even have covered it because it's
0: it's a no, glorified I think it's like covering glorified press release it is so so yeah so first so here's my take you correct, you know more about this than i do my my first take is this is already being done with a of lot of organizations already okay so great nvidia who had a 27% increase in their stock last week all this demand for ai they're coming out with this other thing we're just keeping that momentum going that's great okay fine all good but why focus it on advertising? If you're going to do it, like, right. It, maybe, yeah. it, maybe it's because the ad market is still the largest market paid media is still, again, I say it all the time. Ding, is ding, the ding, sun. Ding, ding. Content marketing is yep. Pluto. It's not even a planet. I have to say that every time I'm going to trademark that statement. Uh <laughs> The really, when I look at this, I'm like, wow, this will make content. This, this has an impact on the content creation process and, for a long, long time and will continue to evolve. This is really interesting to me. No, they don't do that. They just focus it on commercial content, specifically advertising, specifically the 30 or 60 second spot. I'm like, that is not interesting at all to me. Like why even go no. that direction? But yeah, I think yeah. you're right. It's just, let's go after the money because. Yeah,
1: well, that's and, that's, and that's you know, it's an exciting, it's an exciting headline. I mean, what's not covered here? I mean, just just the most basics, right? If you just stop for a second and go, oh, okay, what this means is is that you instead of that one version of that thirty second spot, you could create a hundred versions of that thirty second spot. So more ads. My question, my, yeah. So yeah. you could create a whole portfolio of the car in the rain, the car in the desert, the car, you know, in green, the car in blue, the car in green and blue in the desert, and the then it starts to rain. You know, they, you could create all these iterations. Why? Why, why and where are you going to put all those things? Because it's not like you can dynamically serve all of this up, you know, in personalized ways across TVs and all these kinds of, I mean, how are you, how are you going to distribute this? Why is the, the question becomes, why, why would you do this? And, and, you know, other than being able to say you can, right. And and that to me is uh, so uh, you look at this and you go okay this is a this is a this is a solution looking for a problem to be honest it, it, and so the to your point trading it out for interesting content and how we might create interesting content using this and then maybe multi-purpose it for different channels or something like that i totally maybe. i can totally get maybe too many but too yeah. many cooks in the kitchen
0: is what it creates it's very similar yeah. to when 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 you would have a uh creative director would put together a layout for a magazine and they would come in and then you would get some publisher that would say ah d- change that color to that color do this to that do what it- has no idea but just coming in because what it was with that person's personal preferences and then the director creative director's just deflated they're like oh man we really had a vision for this thing this is why we made all these decisions and you get somebody that's coming in now yeah. you can just change it on a whim right. let's do all the things now what that's i right. do What I okay, so that's what I don't like about it. What I do like about it is the fact that if you are testing ads, you can quickly test ads and see what what resonates and say, Oh, what does the is it the car when it's raining out? Is it sunny? Is it in the desert, all those things, and you can quickly test those to see which ones resonate more. So that, that is interesting to me. And you
1: don't have to spend a lot of money to do it. Well, that's so so yes, that's absolutely true. Although that's happening today. Like that's nothing, nothing new. Um, you know, they do different versions of ads, you know, and so, yeah, you might argue that you can do bigger AB tests, you know, bigger differences, um, to say, okay, yes, we want a car in the rain versus a car in the desert. We want to test those two things to people in Arizona to see which one resonates more. But really that's just saying, Hey, we're going to let, you know, we're going to create all these iterations and then test all those iterations instead of the proper way to test is to say, what is it that we really want to test? Like, what are we really thinking about testing? In other words, you can, you can test by throwing a hundred pieces of spaghetti against the wall and seeing which one sticks. Okay, great. And maybe now with this AI engine, it doesn't cost as much to do that. Although we still haven't solved, by the way, the testing and distribution problem that is going to exist at least for some time. But then the question is, but you're not really making it a hypothesis at that point you're just you're just seeing what sticks and maybe it sticks because on that particular day it happened to be raining and blah 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 there's so many different things and so you're not really getting long term value out of that you're getting sort of this you know arbitrage sort of testing you know dynamic idea here and it just I, I just don't see it happening i just don't i don't see the reality of that being terribly useful i don't know i i could
0: see it uh if you take the next step and 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 these iterations are made automatically uh and there's thousands of data points so 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 right now you're right these this testing is that somebody might say i'm going to create 20 25 different variations based on these things here's the hypothesis we're going to put those out we're going to test them and we're going to get the data back well you don't need to do that anymore you could put out one here's the standard and then the the generative ai kicks in and changes all of that depending on this data this data this data and you have it could create a whole different ad fair at enough. the end based yeah. on oh and and it gen, and it resonates most with this group of people in these occupations in this location and you're like wow i didn't see that coming
1: that's so a you, fair point
0: that's so, so that's that, that i could see that i could see happening and you could get that information it's almost like Um, you know, I was at Andy Crestedina's conference last year and there was somebody that asked a question about, I really want customer feedback on this issue. And he says, oh, good. He goes, types in the thing. He says, what do we want to test? Goes to, goes to the site, tests it, throws it out there. And in five minutes gets a thousand people to give their opinion on it. Yeah. I mean, so it's amazing. So that on, you know, times 10 is possible from, uh, you know, a content feedback mechanism so i don't know that's
1: that's no that's a fair point yeah i what i hadn't really thought about there is the is the it's funny i've been getting uh briefings from a lot of the ai companies were uh in the in the process of writing a position paper on generative ai companies and where they are and what they're doing and which ones are you know sort of stack ranked not necessarily you know the best versus the worst but rather sort of like which ones are offering which kinds of features and the most interesting feature and i won't say the name of the company just yet, but the most interesting feature I've seen from one of the uh, generative AI sort of marketing companies is the automation of workflow. Um, The automation of workflow where it's basically content comes in, it goes in immediately into your HubSpot or your CRM or whatever it is, and basically AI then takes it, writes, creates an original response to that query, and then basically lets you approve it before you send it. And then if you send it, it automatically then creates the drip campaign that will ultimately follow from that. Right. So it creates the four other emails contextual to that response to basically say this over the next five to seven you know, weeks or days or whatever it is, it will send these emails and you go, yes. And so it automatically creates that templatizes it, put it into a workflow and then you go, oh, great. And then you can start iterating based on that. So it's, you know, it, it, that automated workflow is 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 truly, uh, truly pretty, pretty amazing. In other words, the AI is actually building workflow for you. And that's a, that's a cool thing. That's a, that's, that's a really interesting. Yeah.
0: And cool that's, thing. and that's where marketing uh, folks that are scared about losing their jobs. That's where, <laughs> that's where the jobs are going to go. You, you're, are you involved in that little process of moving from one step to another in that, in that sort of scenario? Yeah. You're not going to sure. have a job. You're just not. Yeah. That's right. Do something else. Yeah. Sorry. That's exactly right. If that's
1: all you do, right? If that's all you do, that's where you, yeah. If that's the only thing you do, then you need to, you need to think about adding other things to your to-do list. There there was a guy
0: that sent me a note the other day and said, uh, do you think I'll be a magazine like chief prompt writer?
1: Well, it's already Um, happening. I I will tell
0: you it's, yeah, but it's,
1: it's just part, it just becomes part of the job. It's not going to be like, Hey, this is, this is, I'm a prompt writer. You're just going to, you're just going to have to do it. I will tell you, here's the thing. This is my pro I've always had the problem with sort of the, the prompt engineer as being sort of the yeah. the new super cool marketing job. The the prompt engineer is the dat tape of jobs. I mean, it's just it's not gonna last very long. Because here's the thing: the some of the demos I'm seeing, they're already building interfaces to say, use AI to write better prompts. <laughs> In other words, I want to write a prompt and I've seen a demo of this. So it's like, I want to, I want to prompt a, a an awesome uh, photograph of someone and basically build it in so that it looks computer generated and blah, you know, you basically just type it in like you would, you know, whatever you want. Right. Yeah. And then it comes back with, here's the prompt you should use. Basically. So it's already happening. Like prom- prompts are going to become easier and e- prompts are already commoditized. I would argue. So it's so having prompt engineers. I mean, it's literally going to be like H, you know knowing HTML uh, in you know in two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Where yeah. you just don't need to. know It was HTML good for a short period of time. It was really really yeah. helpful. Uh, oh, not so yeah. much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I took the test. I took the HTML test back in nineteen ninety seven. Oh, hey, I wrote. I, was, I created I was a, a website. Certified, I was a certified webmaster. How about I that? I created a website <laughs> that if you, when you moved your cursor around,
0: little googly eyes followed the cursor. There you go. That's, that's, I I was pretty impressed.
1: You're fantastic. All right. right. Speaking of, speaking of googly eyes, perfect segue. Speaking of little googly eyes, following you around the internet, Elon Musk, he's taking Twitter out of the EU's disinformation code of practice. There's a couple of things we're going to cover here. Um, Maybe I'll just go through each of these stories very quickly here, and and so we can have a discussion about where Twitter is. But this first uh, article basically says Twitter has now withdrawn from the European Union's code of practice on online disinformation per the bloc's internal market commissioner, Terry Breton. That's the most English name I've ever heard Uh, in a tweet last night, which confirmed earlier reports of Twitter's impending exit from the EU code. Breton uh, issued the social media platform with a blunt warning telling Twitter it cannot hide from incoming legal liability in this area. Twitter leaves EU voluntary code of practices against disinformation, but the obligation remains. You can run, but you can't hide, Bretton wrote. A reference to obligations the platform is legally required to comply with as a so called very large online platform, or VLOP as it's called, under the EU's Digital Services Act. And the article goes on to talk a little bit about some uh, of the, you know, where where those things might end up. That, in combination with an article. Before you move on, on, before you move on, sure. You got to read the next.
0: Paragraph says, a request for comment emailed to Twitter's press office returned an automated reply containing a poop emoji. I yes. just, it's just important to say this is what Elon is building. This is the culture that Elon is building right now automated replies with a poop emoji okay that's, you may go on i just had no to no no that that's, that's that's this is a quality show here so we gotta it's, uh, we gotta it's absolutely
1: like well it, it, and it segues beautifully actually into the other one which is they're now sort of as they've outsourced sort of pr and communications with poop emoji automation um they have now seemingly says digit uh, gotten into outsourcing their monetization to ad technology. Twitter's beleaguered ads business is on a bit of a roll these days, says the article, with the appointment of a top media executive, Linda Yaccarino, uh, as the new CEO. That's how you did it last time. Yaccarino. 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 Yeah, it heavy heavy like emphasis on the YAC.
0: That's that that yaccarino. name sounds like a Simpsons character to me. It's like Yakko. No, it's <laughs> more the... like uh, you know, you get to the restaurant. It's like I I'd like the the yakarino bolognese. No, no. Um, <laughs> I don't know the yakarino <laughs> with a little extra
1: parmesan, <laughs> please. <laughs> be,
0: yeah, too too heavy on the cheese last time. Let's just the uh, yakarino. Watch my figure, so just have yakarino light.
1: Anyway, even the largest media buyer, Group M, which had previously determined the platform to be high risk, has taken notice and tried to calm advertisers' concerns about the social network. Meanwhile, the ads team, despite encountering obstacles, are persevering. In fact, they recently struck a deal with an ad tech vendor that could help counteract the ongoing loss of ad revenue. Since May 13th, Twitter has been selling ad inventory through the mobile advertising marketplace in Mobi. Uh, This exclusive arrangement is evident in Twitter's ads.txt file, which authorizes InMobi as a sole vendor of this purpose. Currently, this partnership is limited to one test market, according to an ad executive familiar with the situation. However, as is customary with such deals, the plan is to gradually expand uh, into other areas. He's basically look like he's going to outsource all of it to be automated there and not hire a bunch of ad sales people. Um, Linda Yaccarino, who comes from the ad sales world um, is seemingly maybe behind this or not. Anyway, And we'll finish here and then have a discussion about Twitter's uh, value, which apparently has fallen to a third of its purchase price. This coming from a media post, which is Twitter is now worth about $15 billion or roughly a third of the $44 billion that Elon Musk and co-investors paid for it last October, according to a Fidelity investment. Fidelity was part of the group of outside investors that committed more than $316 million to the Twitter acquisition. This is the fourth time since the acquisition that Fidelity has marked down Twitter's estimated value. The Fidelity Blue Chip Growth Fund's stake in the social media platform, now under Musk X Holdings Corp., was valued at nearly $6.5 million as of April 28th, down from $7 million as of January 31st, and about $8.63 million as the end of November 22. Ooh, that's some yes. not good uh numbers. Basically, yeah. Uh yeah. This is I mean, what do we think about all of this together? I mean, are we I mean, is anybody bullish that Twitter's going to be able to pull out of this sort of death spiral here or is this just I mean, are we just are we just waiting for the inevitable to happen? I mean, what the heck's going to go on okay. with Twitter?
0: So, yeah, we we've talked about this uh in bits and pieces. We we don't know what Twitter's going to be. We don't know what the vision is. We do know that it's not going to be what it was because they are outsourcing their advertising and all. I mean, you could look at it a bunch of different ways. Like, oh, they feel like they have to. Maybe they feel like they missed opportunity. But when I see any corporation say that they're outsourcing part of the company, for that means it is not a primary strategy in the organization. That's exactly what that means. If you're outsourcing yeah. something, it means that something else is primary. And this thing that you're outsourcing means that you don't have to have proficient knowledge inside the organization and you can outsource that. So what they're telling me is that Twitter is not going to be the Twitter it's not going to be a media company. That's not the sure. focus of it. Okay, so the question is what is it? We know that it could be it's it's valued anywhere from 0 to 15 billion dollars because Fidelity says so and yeah, of course right. Fidelity would course. know. Yeah, I don't care about fidelity or anything, I guess, because a company like that can write down, the, they could write down the whole thing, they could have literally wiped out the whole thing and said, we're Well, done I with think
1: it. that's one of the reasons that they're that they may be sandbagging on the value is because what they're trying to do is not put the fear of God into people and to say, yeah. you know, if they wrote the whole thing down, people might, you know, and yeah, it's a little touchy with banks these days, you know, so it's like, I think we'll just take this slow, we're going to take this nice and slow and write it down, write it down, write it down over time. Yeah.
0: I think the the biggest concern that I have is the first article you talked about where there, you know, Elon's given the big middle finger to any kind of organization that that wants a semblance of truth in media. Yeah, he's uh, he's he basically got rid of his moderation. He got rid of human beings in the moderate like human beings that that's their responsibility for. So he is going to outsource the moderation of this to the community. Uh, I've seen this movie, it's called Idiocracy (laughs) and you should all watch it because that's exactly what's happening. We don't know what what the truth is going to be and so take the the, the two concepts we're talking about in this show, in this old marketing we've got this whole AI thing going crazy and then you've got the other side where you've got one of the largest media, most influential media companies in the world that's basically saying it's not all that important that uh, we we uh, look at disinformation sources and make sure that they're not on the platform. Yeah, um, and, and it might happen after a long, but it's going to stay out stay up longer. It's going to get more traction. and once that happens, you won't be able to get rid of th- anybody that so let's just take, for example, let's take somebody that does an AI deep fake, which is gonna happen in the next couple months and yep. put it out there, let's say it's a political candidate or a celebrity or whatever and it's gonna and this is, happens all the time. Uh, but it's taken down quickly. Well, it's going to go on Twitter and it's not going to be taken down. It's going to get a lot of fuel behind yeah. that, a lot of energy. And these things are going to go. And then a lot of people are going to think that that's truth. And we're going to yeah. get even more and more divisive. And a lot of our issue going on to the end of, end of the world we talked about with AI is going to be because Elon Musk makes a decision like this. I'm sorry to put so much pressure on him, but for, <laughs> like it or not, tw- Twitter Twitter is still fairly influential. There's a lot of your friends and my friends that have a big following that uh, that have their interest in the right place and are sharing out information that is relatively truthful. And you've got a whole bunch of people out there that are on the complete opposite side and will say whatever it takes to get attention. And that's that's what
1: Twitter is going to become a cesspool for that. I can't even open my feed anymore. Like I've just I mean, it's gotten to the point now where and I've tried to tune it. Uh, and, and you know, I'm, I'm succeeding on my, you know, so the only place I go on Twitter anymore is the at replies. Like I yeah. used to surf the feed. I used to go to the main feed of and, and basically look and scroll through and Oh, interesting article. Oh, interesting point of view. Oh, interesting thread. Oh, you know, and sort of, you know, very much like you would LinkedIn or Facebook yeah. or, or Instagram for various things, sort of just browse and scroll. I can't do it anymore because the first, 30 stories are about you know either something about you know ooh, how how these guys have owned the libs or the libs have owned the right wing or this is you know something's happened here so trump's going to jail or trump's not going to jail because he's so awesome you know it's like there's it's it's so vitriolic now and just sort of posting pictures of 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 and and links to just awful things It's like it's just useless it's just useless anymore and i can't it's not like you can just unfollow because it's basically all blue check people that are, that are ostensibly not getting over the non blue check people that I actually follow. So the people that I actually follow that are you looking in, people, this is in your feed. You're talking about in your feed, correct the people that you follow. So you're saying, well, no, it's not people I follow. It's so you're getting a lot of, you're getting a lot of people that you don't follow. That's what I'm asking. So feed. you, you, but you set up, you're
0: looking at your feed of people and you're saying that there's content now in that channel that you did not agree to see correct okay. and, he, and you're 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 you don't understand why they would do this
1: why Elon well, would do I, this yeah, to you. I understand why they would I understand what the the, the rationale behind it yeah. the ridiculous and hopefully silly rationale behind doing it so I understand it I don't like it so I but yeah. I understand why they're doing it because you know arguments and uh disagreement on social media platforms is what builds engagement I mean that's the that's that's the tried and true way to build engagement with, you know, you hate, watch it, right. You hate, watch the content or, you know, ah, I can't believe this person is saying this, right. So I'm going to You go said it last,
0: there. you said it last episode, tension. Yeah. Tension. But the, it's all about create tension. the tension out there. And, uh, and then you'll, you'll build an audience. You can build an That's audience exactly because right. of that. Yeah. That's exactly good right. for Elon.
1: All right. Anything Very else happy. to talk about here? No, I, I,
0: I have no idea what the guys, I, I want, I'm, Wondering, what's the business? I don't know what the business model is. I, I honestly don't know. Um, I thought it was the going to be the payments platform. I don't see any movement, strategic movement in that area at all. Uh, I don't see any it definitely I don't is see not going to be a media company. Much less
1: strategic, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be media. They, so they've got about one percent of the people that signed up for the blue check. I signed up yep. to check it out. I'm not necessarily seeing any additional benefits because of it. I see I zero feel.
1: additional benefit. I've so seen, I'll probably zero. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'll I'll probably move off of that. Um yeah. I'm not I'm not sure. It's 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 interesting and it's interesting that we still pay so much attention, probably just because it's Elon. To accompany well, Twitter.
1: That, I mean, it's something that we've, you know, we've, we've, we've had in our lives for you know almost whatever twelve years or whatever. No, more than that. It's, so I was on it in seven oh seven. Yeah. So okay. Sixteen well, years go. I've
0: been on this platform. Yeah, yeah. Oh my so, god. I mean,
1: it's years, almost it is, as old as yeah, my know, kid. Right. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, speaking of that, um, things may be changing. Actually, things may be interesting. Uh, changing. We'll. Our last story that we'll cover here before we get to rants and raves is from the wall street journal. And it, the article is really interesting and it says combative consumers change the marketing strategy for target and bud light in-person confrontations and the conservative focus on trans issues have disrupted the usual story of purpose-driven marketing in which brands take stands on social issues. The article opens up by saying many brands have long shrugged off criticism of their stands on social issues, but target and Bud Light just proved that even huge corporations can be made to bend target this week stopped selling certain items from its pride month collection. After a backlash from some customers that included in-store incidents and Bud Light last month put on leave two marketing executives who oversaw a collaboration with a transgender influencer that drew criticism in real life confrontations. And of course, we've talked about that on this show. Both brands, along with many other large consumer goods companies, have long supported LGBT rights, and their opponents in each case stirred outrage through social media, where previous corporate pressure campaigns have typically produced a lot of noise without significant results. But critics this time... We're focused on transgender issues, which have climbed into the top ranks of conservative social agendas, and they combined their social media messaging with tense in-person encounters that proved enough to disrupt the usual patterns of purpose-driven marketing, which in which brands position themselves as forces for good. The strategy's biggest risk before this year were usually complaints by opponents of a given cause or conversely accusations of insufficient commitment to that cause. And the article then goes on to talk about both the Bud Light and Anizer Bush situation as well as the target situation and you know, what's actually happened here yeah, I have thoughts here, my friend. But uh, what do you what do what do you think about all of this? And in, in terms of what brands and marketing people should be doing when they think about these, you know, purpose driven campaigns. Well, it's I mean, if you read this, it's it's this article is scary. It's chilling because yep. it, it
0: basically talks about how almost any brand, no matter your mission or not, uh, if you go either direction, uh, you, it it's becomes not only divisive but it will hit the bottom line. I mean the 26% decrease in sales from Bud Light over a six-week period of time, ongoing by the way, not ending, continues to deteriorate sales at Bud Light. That that's scary for any chief marketing officer looking at that. So you might say, okay, well, you, you do you do one of two things: you, you either go all in on it and and make one side upset, or you stay vanilla and maybe not make an impact or get attention at all. Yep. I think the opportunity really plays for, in, I mean, of course, I would say this, but I really do believe independent content creators are where the opportunity is at because they can cover these issues. They can take stances on certain things. Smaller businesses can without it creating a, you know, national or international uproar with Bud Light or Target or whatever doing. I mean, if I, you look at the stuff about, about what happened to Target, You're, like, I'm, I don't even understand. I'm like, this is... <laughs> this is not anything different that they've been doing. It's, it's very, very much different than what Bud Light did. They did a separate right. campaign. It was sort of different than they've normally done. Uh, it was for sure a campaign. This is not a long-term initiative target. This is, they've been doing pride month collection. I think for a while, this is not right. like a new, and so then they're getting this backlash. So I don't understand it. we become so divisive. And uh, people are so loud on social media that actually make a difference in people's purchasing decisions, which I didn't really see coming. I always thought, oh, OK, yeah, whatever. Everybody's going to get upset about something. But you're actually seeing this hit the bottom line. I don't know. Like what what do you what would you say to a chief marketing officer in this type of, of a position that generally used, used, used to or still does celebrate that month of June? Or any month, you know, depending on what you're what you're talking about.
1: Sure, sure. I mean, I think you have to. Here's the thing, I and mean, we talked about this when when I sort of, I've gone. You know, my 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 emotional pendulum has swung back and forth on the whole uh, Bud Light campaign, and and I still, by the way. Uh, think the company it, it was a self inflicted wound for sure. This was totally self inflicted, and I think most for the most part these are self-inflicted wounds for the brands themselves because uh, yes, it might, it's easier for smaller content creators and smaller brands and smaller businesses to do this because honestly they don't have the reach or the audience or the need for the reach or the audience to basically reach the level of people caring as much. Right. As, this is as much a pay attention to me. Like, you know, this is a, much a, an attention grab for these people who are quote unquote boycotting. than it is actually real, Anger and outrage, right? You know, the the outrage here is 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 pretty performative at best, right? When I see celebrities and uh, these right wing politicians, and 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 this is mostly very very performative to get uh, emotions at a high level, where they can either it's 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 in a weird way the dark side of content marketing, right? This is this is how I this is how I reach my audience and I get them wound up is to get them super excited about something and much more excited than even i am right there's just sort yeah. of this faux outrage here so from a brand it's, a little, in, it's almost
0: like a like an info wars type of thing you're really well,
1: yeah or just you know you, you think about it from a you know a, a, a you know kid rock right you know or and, and these country western singers who are out there saying you know i'm gonna boycott bud light you know i mean it's just ridiculous <laughs> right you know just silly um which is just ridiculous because a they don't drink bud Light anyway. And B, they don't really care, but what they know is, is if they can use that issue to get everybody excited, they'll sell more records, right? They'll sure. sell more tickets to their concert because people go, yeah, he's on my side. You know, he's going to, he's going to stand up for what I do. And, and by you're the way,
0: you're going to get hate mail for
1: that. I'm just saying you're, you're going, somebody's not going to, you know what? That I, I'm from Texas and made. I've seen it personally. So <laughs> bring, bring it on, bring it yeah. on. Um, I was I, having a conversation about Texas last night. Anyway. Um that's funny. So the point being for brands, the key is is you can do it. You absolutely can do it, but it has to be well thought out and it has to be part of a marketing strategy, right? One of the things that I think is maybe goes missed here is I wonder if Bud Light and the marketing team that was ultimately thrown under the bus, I wonder if they actually thought or assumed or actually did the research to say, "Hey, actually, You know, trans, the trans community actually wants our beer, you know, and it seems to me to very, a big brand mismatch to me. I mean, like the, like to me, the trans community would not be the first. Now I'm assuming here, I haven't done the persona research and I haven't done anything about this, but so I don't know to be clear, but my gut tells me that Bud Light and the trans community don't go together from a, from a marketing standpoint. So even if you were, even if the boycott hadn't been there, I'm not sure you were going to get a lot of successful bump and lift in sales in that community anyway. But having said that, if you're going to do it, you you've, you've got to commit to it, right? You've got to commit yeah. to that audience and you've got to commit to that idea because you know, we were talking in the pre-show, right? Now they're getting it from both sides, right? They're not getting any support from the LGBTQ community because they basically threw their marketing team under a bus and were wishy-washy about it. But they're also not getting any love from the from the, you know, sort of the right wing who basically doesn't understand that they back down, right? And they basically, because they back down, now they're even more angry.
0: Well, the, the, in the Bud Light situation, that executive team made it worse. There's no doubt totally. about it. If All they would have stayed the course music. with it, it probably would have been much. I, I don't think those numbers would have been 26%. I think they got both sides just saying, well, forget that. Yep. They That's gave exactly up on it. this whole thing and they like, I don't like that whole thing. And then now you're That's done. That's exactly you the whole right. thing. Now you're suffering I, my the whole,
1: consequences.
0: My whole thing is, and maybe it's not the independent content creators, but I think that when everybody is your audience, Bud Light. Bud Light is an everybody product. That's right. Target, for the most part today, isn't everybody product. You're going to have problems taking positions. We talked about it's not necessarily the case with Disney. They've held the line on on certain issues for a long time. Patagonia, same thing when it comes to climate. They've been very open, very liberal. So I don't I think that, again, if you're going to to do this and you feel this is part of your overall strategy, to your point, they've got to commit to it. Second of all, you've got to add it to your mission. Like this is what we stand for. We believe this is part of our audience base.
1: That's the point. It can't be a campaign just to simply segment, you know, look at segmentation. Right. This is the mistake that brands make is they look at it as a simple audience demographic segmentation. And they'll say, we'll position the product or we'll position our campaign this way for this particular segment, because normally that would be okay, because nobody would care if it's positioned different from you know, men versus women versus South versus North versus East versus West versus, you know, whatever the regional demographic segmentation would normally be in a market segmentation. Purpose driven isn't just a market segmentation. It has, it's part of, it's a very emotional and very, uh, uh, you know, sort of, and these days, sadly, unfortunately, a very divisive thing. So you have to lean into it, right. You, it, you know, what was it, uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I'm getting the timeline messed up here. um, When Bic came out with pens for girls, basically, and they were pink pens. And they rightly got humiliated for that. Like, what are you you, kidding me? Right. You know, putting out pink pens because what they were doing was in a ham fisted way saying, ah, this is just a market segmentation and we're going to lean into the stereotypes here. And yeah. so the problem with this kind of thing is, is that you can't lean into those stereotypes a without making one side mad and b the other side mad. So you've got to really believe what it is you're doing at the business, uh, at, at the business level. I mean, it goes back to, and I wrote a little bit about this in, in, and it was in, uh, I, I heard this quote for the first time. It's a Peter Drucker quote that I'm, I've got, I've now written it out because I love it so much. It's just such a simple quote, but I love it. It's like, what he said was, in business there are no marketing decisions there are no finance decisions there are no sales decisions there are no customer service decisions there are only business decisions and so as you make those decisions you have to basically commit to them across the board you yep. can't just have a marketing decision that isn't co- you know connected intimately to every other piece yes. of the business so you have to make that at a business level that's so i mean that's marketing and yeah, i mean that, exactly that's where that's where
0: bud light said they had a marketing campaign that was outside the overall business goals of, of Bud Light. That's right. That, that, that's what I think happened. Yeah. Who knows? Monday morning quarterback. We'll see. All right. Well, that's
1: enough about that. Yes. Enough about that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Quickly, before we get to rants and raves uh, I just want to remind all of you that, Hey, we're on YouTube now. We're on YouTube. We're on video and we're on LinkedIn and we're on all sorts of places uh, where you can watch us. Uh, We went from, yeah, we went from like nothing to like, we're going to be everywhere. We're
0: We're like, whether you like like it or not,
1: everywhere. Like we're going big, we're going big, baby. Um, we're on MySpace, You can also get us on this old marketing dot site, of <laughs> course, where we put all the show notes and we put all the things. And of course, you can leave us messages. We'd love to get, by the way, some video questions, you know, some video questions Ooh. some audio questions or just questions, honestly, um, that we love to answer that we can answer for you, our beloved audience. And of course, you can also get into the other things there, like subscribing to this podcast um, or following the podcast as the as the kids say these days and the other 300. And of course, 70 million hours of <laughs> two chuckleheads talking about the news that you might see in past episodes uh, of uh, this old marketing. And so we get it all for you. We want you to subscribe. We want you to give us story ideas. We want you to give us questions. So please do that, won't you? Hashtag us up, by the way, on the Elon channel, Twitter, on this old marketing, or hashtag us on LinkedIn. We'd love the LinkedIn as well. Get us over there. or. Hashtag us on YouTube, I guess. I don't even know if that works, but uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll do just all. Go that site, yeah, just go to this little marketing.site, Submit, yeah. that. Would be the easiest. Just go way to the go. website. That would there be you the go. Yes. Um, okay. So yeah. shall I go first, or will you go first? I mean, uh, let me let me go first. Yeah. So okay. this
0: is and and I'm gonna uh, we're gonna play this. So you can see it. See if I got oh, this wow. right. But so this is like multi uh, multimedia our, now. Wow. I know, right? Our friend, our friend Jesse Cole shared this. This is the first time I saw it. I'm not, an, I know you're not either. I'm not an Indy 500 fan. Uh, I did follow NASCAR for, for a while. Uh, but what I thought this was interesting because, of course, Jesse Cole, with uh, you know, CEO of the Savannah Bananas, is all about yeah. the fans' first mentality. Saw this example, and I guess it's I don't know if it's pronounced Yosef or Joseph Newgarden. I'm just gonna call him Joe because that's a great there name. You go. Um, won the Indy 500. And instead of doing the normal, let me play this here so you can see it. Instead of doing the normal, uh, you know, do a lap around the track. And we're going to he goes and he climbs through the fence, finds a little slit in the fence. And he goes out and he finds all all the people that are cheering in the in the stands. And he just celebrates with the fans. And of course, now has become popular with that group of fans. This has been shared millions of times all over the world. And now there's a lot of Joey fans out there because of this. And um, I think this is a competitive advantage. There's a lot of people that wouldn't do this. So I just wanted to share this. I'll put this uh, link in the show notes as well so people can share it. But just, you know, you can go and check out Indy 500, New Garden, jo- Joseph New Garden, jumping the fence into the crowd and winning. Nice. And what's interesting is, too, and you will you know this, and there'll be more in the final episode of, of Ted Lasso as well, if you've seen what's happened Throughout the three seasons, you've seen AFC Richmond do more and more things to get the fans involved. Uh, one thing, I'm not giving anything away, but the fans now are allowed to go to all their practices. Yeah. Nobody else right. is doing that in the Premier League, but they are doing this as part of this show. And it's just another reminder of what are some of the little things that we can do to get our fans our super fans more involved in the content that we're creating. Um, yeah. Big opportunity for a lot of, and we just, just the last thing we talked about, there's a lot of people that are scared to do certain things. This yeah. is something that I think we can actually do, but we don't think about enough. So thanks to, to Jesse for That's very pointing cool. this out. I love that.
1: Yeah. I love that. It's such a great, it's such a wonderful story. And, and again, very Ted Lasso like, right. You know, it's just sort of, you know, heartwarming and, and sort of not the typical thing that you would see happen in sports and i think we're seeing a lot more of that i think ted lasso is having quite the impact on sports generally that you're starting to see some of those things trickle into you know into those sort just of just showing those the showing kind of the experience.
0: human yeah showing the human yeah. side and actually i talked with my son a lot about major league baseball i think that's why major league baseball is losing fans they're not yeah. figuring that way out, That's and like right. when you now, I'm not saying that they have to do what the Savannah Bananas do. They don't have to go into the audience and sign autographs. They don't have to bring them up. They, they don't have to do musicals on the on, on the field like they do for right. Savannah Bananas. But there's something to it. There's something to it. Like uh, where where what's one thing that you could do differently? Where you could there's this barrier right. right now that has just happened naturally over the past 60 years. Didn't used to be the case. You know, if you well, look right. back, I mean, if you look back and like on like Babe Ruth and Joe DiMaggio, you could actually be a fan and get right up to them and talk to them back in right. the day. You if you can't yep. do that, you can't go and 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 find Aaron Judge uh, and get around their security right now if you want to talk to Aaron Judge from the Yankees. It's yep. almost impossible to do that.
1: Uh, yeah, going to a baseball game. Reasons. Going to yeah. a baseball game these days is like a three-hour math problem, right? I mean, it's just you know. Well, now it's do. two hours and ten minutes. It's, it's really two hour and ten minute math well, the problem. Right? Is, I mean, the pitch clock it's is working. Just data, right? Yeah. All you're doing is literally writing in a pad, you know, the, all the math equations to figure out who's going to win at the end of the two hours and ten minutes. Wow. It's like okay. It, you know, I can tell I, you don't
0: like baseball.
1: I just I, it's lost. It's become a two-hour math problem. It's it literally just there's no personality to it. There's no you know, there's no emotion in the game anymore. It's just literally just, okay, this, this, this guy's very, pitching and this is going to be happening. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Now, speaking <laughs> of negative, why don't you go on to your, <laughs> this is actually not a negative. Um, So the, the very, quickly I thought for here, sure it would be, it's not going to be negative. No, it's a, it's a hopeful it's a, it's ending on a hopeful note here. So okay. uh, this, the, the story that we'll link to is Peloton uh, is basically launching yet again, um, for the, you know, the article talks about like the fourth time, but eh, it's been more than that, I think. Um, anyway, their latest brand revamp comes as revenue has dropped 22%. So Peloton is just like not, just can't figure out a way to pivot out of this. But here's my hope. Here's, I like Peloton as a brand. I've liked their efforts. I think, you know, we talked, we've talked on this show before about how they launched the content studio. We've talked about how they've tried to make, uh, their instructors into a little bit of a celebrity row. Um, we've talked about all of the interesting things that they've done in marketing and they have done some really interesting things in marketing. So I applaud that. I stand up and applaud. It just hasn't seemed to work out. And what this article talks about here and I'm, I'm actually really interested in is all of these new brands, You know, there is a new look and a new colors and stuff like that. But what they've done really to revitalize quote unquote the brand is add a bunch of new content. And it's all about the content that they're creating and the way that they're treating their content and, you know, changing it up, you know, they're adding in written instructions so that you can actually do it asynchronously with the instructors. If you feel like it, they're trying to move from, you know, watching these things uh, only in your home to being able to watch them anywhere and do the, you know, so they're really leaning into the content and media side of the business here as this brand refresh. And I've applaud that again. I think it's another interesting move and I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful because I'm, I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for them big time to, to do well. They are not in my stock portfolio uh, as I talked about at the top of the show, but um, I'm really rooting for Peloton to do well because I like the company and I like the management team and, and I like the efforts and the interesting and creative things that they're doing. I hope this one works for them. Who's
0: more likely to buy Peloton, Nike or Apple?
1: Nike. Yeah. I would it see. Would be a good, I mean, it could it be would either. Be a good I mean, either of them would be good. Either of them would be good fits. Um, and probably will happen at some point. The acquisition is just, I'm sure literally just waiting it out. Like it's a waiting game now, but you know, based on revenue and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, Nike or Apple. I, I think Apple would do the better job with it. Um, kind of like they did what they did with uh, uh, with beats. Well, um, it, Peloton
0: 2 is is a, a little bit of a luxury brand. Yeah, it's, I would call right. Apple a luxury brand, so I could, I could right. see that happening. But 100%. of course, the health the health content uh, fits yeah. in really nicely with Nike. It does. It I would definitely. say they under could tie it into two, the watch, and they could tie it into California. the
1: phone, and they could you know they could yeah. tie it into iPads, and there's yeah. a there's a lot of there's a lot of natural integrations there that would work really well. Um, you know, a Peloton with an iPad sort of in you know so you don't have to have the screen you can basically just insert your ipad and it just sort of works seamlessly that would be yeah. you just know, a way lot to get lot the lot price of down thing. and blah 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 yeah a lot of potential so all right what do you got what do you got this week well
0: believe it or not we're on our fourth straight week of amazing weather here oh, in nice. northeast Very ohio nice. and uh so i'm sure there will be more kayaking and and hiking and all those types of things. Uh, so yeah, and and we've been going to a lot of baseball games, which I know upsets you. But we've been doing that as well. <laughs> doesn't upset me. Trying to <laughs> doesn't upset me. <laughs> exactly. What do you got going on? Uh,
1: well, the weather here has been uh, very nice as well. It's been cooler than normal, so we've been enjoying that and getting out and doing some hiking and doing some wonderful things that you can do in the springtime and early summer of Southern California. But from a work perspective, it's all about building some classes um, that, uh, that we've got going on for some new educational uh, efforts that I'm working on, and, of course, client work uh, and all that kind of stuff, so work, work, it's work, all work, good. Work, work. And work, 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 work is the answer to that. All right. Good deal. All right, Mr. Well. All of you, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for hanging out this long in this wonderful place. And we will see you next week. And in the meantime, remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.